You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. Sunday, Josh Jordan, Trey Campbell, and me. I'm just Jerry Bowe knows with an S. If you're out there wondering, I got an update on my account. They told me 10 days. Well, now I'm permanently suspended. Jerry Bowe knows with a Z is dead. He has died. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. He was, he was a good man. He had his moments. He, just like all of us, he had bad moments. Sometimes he hit the, the liquor a little bit too hard and got on there and said some, some shameful things. But uh, don't expect to see him anymore. Jerry Bono's with a Z. And Dusty Hill. They go out together at the same time. Of ZZ Top, he passed away this week. So Jerry Bono's with a Z and Dusty Hill. With well, S is alive though, his little brother, and uh, I hear he has potential, and I hear he doesn't drink as hard, so maybe he can bring some joy into your life and some winners. So J- at Jerry Bow knows with the S is the new spot. Um, that's all I got for you guys. But seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's get into this here, man, because this is going to be something that I feel like we're going to run into with the legalization of gambling and with leagues getting attached to. Uh, gambling type sponsors. Uh, actually, first let's get to Robert. I'm sorry. Let's get to Robert. We didn't know you were on hold, Robert. I'm sorry. Our, our monitor in here is not on, so we didn't know you were on hold. Look, the priority we're going to give you. I was about to talk something else. I'm going to go to you first. Robert wants to talk fantasy. Let's get to Robert. Hey man, I appreciate it, man. Uh, this is the best show on ninety-seven five point ninety-seven point five, and uh, y'all won me a lot of money over the years. So I really appreciate y'all, brother. Nice, smart man. The check is in the mail. <laughs> what you got for us, brother? <laughs> Hey, man, I wanted your opinion on uh, the Chicago Bears offense this year and uh, the fact that Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, I think they're done, and I see a lot of value in the uh, plus 500 Justin Fields rookie of the year. I don't hate it. What do you think? To make that rookie of the year bet, I think you have to know he comes in as a starter. Like, that's first things first. Do you know right now that he'll be the starter week one? I, and I, I, do, I think they'll give Andy Dalton an opportunity. But I don't know that. A lot of times they, they say that, and then they just play the rookie. So you're, you're kind of rolling the dice there. The dice might be rolled with one Nick Foles, though, soon with teams. We talk about teams t- having to take chances. We've seen Carson Wentz go down. Maybe Nick Foles finds a new landing spot soon, and, and their debt becomes even shorter. Does that have anything to play with? Okay, let's, let's start with the schedule. When do you think the Bears would take a chance? Like, do they have to be, if they start with Dalton, at which point do they do they switch gears? It's my question because coming out, let's say, for example, they come out with the Rams. Let's say that's a loss. Then they got Bengals, Browns, Lions, Raiders. They're, t- they're difficult. It's, it's, okay, Rams, we could count that as a loss. Browns probably as a loss. They got Bengals, Lions, Raiders. Who knows what happens there? How bad does Andy Dalton have to be at that point to say, hey, you know what, let's take our chance here? Or do you end up having to wait for the bye week, which is later in the season? When do you take that chance? Or do you just say, hey, let's start off with him? Because if you're starting off with him, then, yeah, that's worth the chance. But if you're not getting the full 17-game season, it's hard to make that bet at 5-1. to one. But as soon as they announce him as a starter, I guarantee you that goes to 3.5-1. to one. As soon as they say, hey, he's starting week one, it's going 3.5-1. to one. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think Najee Harris is a guy that 
could definitely win it because he's just going to get so much work in Pittsburgh. You know, often you do see running backs and, and running backs typically pick up the offense faster than other positions. So you can put them out there immediately. But yeah, I just think they're, they're saying they're going to give Andy Dalton an opportunity, but that stuff changes. Remember with uh, the Seahawks, like th- they didn't plan on Russell Wilson no. being the starting quarterback, but the, you know he Flynn. came. Out, Matt yeah, Flynn. it was Matt Flynn and six then, touchdown Flynn, and yes. he had just gotten paid. Remember, he, he did wanted yeah. him, and it's all of a sudden here you got a diamond in the rough. You can't take no chances. But week week ten is their bye week. Can you wait that long? I don't think so. I think he's the day one starter. You, you think so? Yeah, and. They might, because people laughed at Pete Carroll when he said, like, you know, that there was a competition and Russell Wilson had an opportunity. Yeah. Like, they thought that was coach speak. They didn't believe him at all. So I think very often you see your team a certain way in the offseason and then training camp starts and then you start watching this guy play and you're like, man, he's our best quarterback. And, Let's and play him. Plus, they need they kind of need that, that sort of uh... – that sort of like energy that they don't have with with you know what you got with Andy Dalton yes but you don't know what you have with uh, with Fields so they want to but I think he's the starter he's, there's no reason to let's talk about other rookie of the year candidates that might make sense Trevor Lawrence leads the pack at plus three hundred you know you're going to get seventeen games barring injury from him you know you get him from week one let's I guess word it that way Najee Harris behind the offensive line that's falling apart in Pittsburgh, an offensive line that was dead last and rushing last season. I don't know. Then you got Trey Lance, another guy that would have to beat his the starter in Jimmy Garoppolo, which at which point do you hand the reins over? Garoppolo would be an expensive, expensive backup to have and instead of using the Garoppolo and Brady situation where Garoppolo can maybe and maybe learn to how to how to teach someone that's sitting behind, you know, maybe they use that. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. That that offense is 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 complex to have a, a guy in Lance that we know that he didn't even have that much experience. How fast do you get that? Then you got Justin Fields, Wilson, and Pitts, Mac Jones. I want to stop right there. We know that Jared Stidham uh, had back surgery, so then that depth chart got smaller. What's the leash? And I don't even want to use that term. How long of a string? How long of a, uh, do we have on Cam Newton? Because now they're coming out of camp saying that Cam Newton's learned the offense now, and the, the, that offense relies on getting the ball quick out of your hands. And, and they said that Newton would have the ball numerous times, four or five seconds in his hands, and then have to tuck it and go. They're changing it up. They want the ball out of his hands quick. They went and picked up some tight ends. They picked up some wide receivers. They want the ball out of his hands quick. If he's not making it happen or if he gets hurt, can Mac Jones at 11-1 to 1 make sense in an offense that it's going to let him shine if that's the case, get the ball out? It is, but they're hitching their wagon to, to Cam for now. But you're right, if, if he doesn't play well. But you just worry with this New England offense. We always hear how complicated it is. So for you know a rookie quarterback to come in and, and learn the offense and, and to beat Cam – I will say this. I think Cam's kind of done. I, I, I don't think he's a great player anymore. I disagree with you. Really? I think this is the year he bounces back. I just, he's not accurate enough for yeah, me throwing he, the ball. That's But to your point, he's going to be throwing shorter yeah. passes with all the tight ends, you know, check downs to the running back. 
slot receiver. So they're playing to his strengths, and they are going to run and run and run the football. That's what they do. Who's your who? Who do you think's going to be the uh, the num- the R- RB one there? Do you think Damian? Do you, do you like James White? Who, it's a kind of a crowded backfield. It is. I, every you get the Bellatrix every yeah. year, right? Like there's always yeah. one game where like one random. What a running back goes off like four touchdowns or something. Then the next like Jonas week, Gray. he gets seven carries. Yeah. I think it'll be Damien though. They wanted to make him a workhorse, but injuries and also, like you said, they game plan. The game planning for the Patriots is game by game. They go out there. We're looking at the next week opponent. They, if, even if they found success and one guy goes off for three touchdowns, you never know what's happening the next week because it's according to that game plan. So you ask yourself, what's changed for them? Because they wanted it to be Sony Michelle. Yes. But then injuries. He's not built, I guess, to run the ball like that. But they need to have a good run game to to help Cam Newton because he's not a he's not an accurate passer. He's not a guy. Let's take three steps back and let's go through progressions and let's 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 sling this thing. That's just not who he is. So then, what, what do they do in the offseason? They go again. Hunter Henry. They go and get Jonu Smith, two tight ends. So what? They're bringing back the old days of Gronk and, and Hernandez. Yeah, that's and, what we're doing. And they got what Nelson Aguilar too, right? And they oh, picked man. up Kendrick Bourne. So yeah. now, if you look at if you look at they got a bunch of they're like in the in the Texan scenario, even but a little bit better because I guess some of these guys might got a little bit of more upside. But okay, Jacoby Myers, uh, he might be their number one. Believe that, it or not, they um and the, and it's funny. I heard like um on Twitter they're running a lot of gadget plays where he's he in the red zone. He's throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think Jacoby Myers is the the best the best receiver. And they're out on Nikhil Harry. Like he he requested trying to a trade, trade him. Yeah, yeah, he wants out. I, I just don't think he's that explosive, that great a player. I and think they miss. And football smart. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to call this man an idiot by any means. I'm not, that he's not a, a, an elite athlete to make it to this level. But whenever you get to the Patriots, just in that franchise, and then with that, those coaches, you have to be a certain type of – have a certain type of football smart, a, a football IQ, let's call it. And Nikhil Harry just didn't fit it. We've seen Chad Johnson, and, uh, and we've seen other guys that just – they're like, man, that is just – it's just strange over there, but if you can fit it, you don't have to be that great. You don't have to be the the all-around athlete. You just have to know what you do. You do, but that's when you had the best quarterback of all time right. throwing you the ball. You know, like, that makes a big difference. And a lot of the heat for the Nikhil Harry pick is they, they went with him instead of A.J. Brown. You know, like, th- they made some surprising decisions. And, and then they made that trade for Muhammad Sanu. They were all like, let's give him a second round, round pick. pick. For a guy that runs a four seven, like what? Belichick is really the shine has come off him for me. We talk about how long of a of a, and I'm not going to use lease again. How long of a rope does Nelson Aguilar have as far as dropping passes? We know with Belichick, you think he's going to put up with that? God, but the money they gave him, you know, like how do you bench it? But you're right. I mean, Belichick, you know, just depending on which way the wind blows, he'll bench a guy. Can I word it like this? Are the New England Patriots a quarterback away from being contenders again? Because I look at that offensive line. Isaiah Wynn, Mike Awinu, uh, Trent Brown, Shaq Mason. Like, they have pieces. They do. The defense has fallen off a little bit in the last few they years. They added Mario Judon. Yeah. Or, yeah. You're, and that was one of the big things from the Ravens. That uh, No, Ju- yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah Judon, yeah. If, um, they, they needed pass rush. Again, where are we now with the Patriots? Because we always had them penciled in as the division winner. 
the division winner. But that division now belongs to the Buffalo Bills. It does. Yeah, Matt Judon was who they added. Uh, I, I think they'll be middle of the road, the, the Patriots, but that's the Bills division now, and I think the Dolphins are good. I just I don't see it with New England anymore. I I think Belichick's lost his fastball. I hate the moves they made in free agency. I think they overpaid guys that – I think they made some mistakes. Yeah, I don't think that uh, – everybody loves Kendrick Bourne, but he's kind of streaky for me. He was always – he had a lot of drops, remember? Like, especially the Super Bowl year. None of these guys are like clear ones or no. like even twos. You're thinking – you look at him, you think, all right, who's the two and who's the three? Mm-hmm. Who's the one? Is it game by game? Who, who who's the opposing defense going to say, hey, we're going to lock this guy down with our best corner? Or can the opposing defense say, we don't even need to lock guy any lockdown. We can just we can just sit here and travel wherever we want. We can play play by play. We don't need to lock down any one of these guys. And I think that's the problem. That's the offense they're going to run, though. They put they come in. I mean, you're going to get Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. What's the point of that? It's to let's 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 line up heavy sets. Let's let's run the ball. So they can run in those heavy sets. Misdirections. Play action. Yeah. Cam's going to get about 10 rushes himself. Misdirections. Play actions. Let's just move the ball methodically down the field. Let's not take too many chances. But as soon as you give the ball to Mac Jones, say he does get an opportunity, it just opens up that playbook because we know that he was the most uh, 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 efficient Accurate passer out of the bunch. He was the most accurate passer out of the bunch. Not saying he was the best, but yeah. accurate he was. And when you look at the offense that he ran with, with receivers that are in the league now, guys that got down the field, he was the best as far as accurate downfield passer out of this group. I will say this, though. Look who his receivers were, like you're saying, at Alabama. You know, two of those guys went in the first round of the NFL draft. He's not going to be surrounded with players like that in New England. You know what I mean? Like, who the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. He's not going to have that big advantage with the Patriots throwing to Jacoby Myers. He's not a bad player, but he's he's not elite. That's for sure. How much does the Billichek and Saban connection, you know how they're cool with each other, does Saban, you know, get in his ear eventually like buddy to buddy saying, hey, it's time for Mac Jones. You got to let that kid rip it. I like him at 11 to 1, man. I just don't believe. I think it goes to more to the disbelief I have in in Newton and that I know if they start struggling again as they did they were getting beat by the Jets on national TV at yeah. one point in the first half looking just real bad. They ended up having to have big second half to win that game just things that you're not expecting from them. And if that division has gotten better in every aspect, all the other teams are getting stronger, then that's going to be tougher for the Patriots if they struggle again in another year. How long is the bill of checks? You know, what the hell? Just put in Mac Jones. Let's do this. But that makes the point, too, right? You know, if if Mac Jones is not starting the year as the quarterback, it's going to be tough to put up rookie of the year stats because he's not playing yeah. in as many games. But if he somehow gets them to the playoffs, that could change everything. Then the perception will be like, oh, wow, he got the Patriots to the playoffs. The, the Patriots are back. I'll tell you what perception I'm going to change for you. How much does winning a Olympic gold medal earn you and depending by the country i'm gonna give you those answers next on money line espn 97.5 you're listening to money line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5.
Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Reminiscing right here on my headphones, uh, Dave officially reached replacement status. Coming up on our three-year anniversary. Yeah. Next week, it's going to be three years that we've been hustling. We've been we've been grinding on Sunday mornings with you. We uh, we want to appreciate send a big appreciation to everyone, man. Just uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping us get to this third season coming up on it, man. It's, it's crazy to think. Yeah, three in the books, and this will be our fourth NFL fantasy football gambling season coming up, man. It, it has flown by. Hey, thanks thanks to all the listeners, man. It's uh, It's been a fun ride. Let's get over to the gold uh, medal talk because whenever these people win these gold medals, you, you know they're elite athletes, right? I mean, they, they have to be the best of the best at what they do. Then you start wondering, well, what happens for some of this? Uh, what do you get? Is is it like a? Is it just endorsements? Is it money? Well, I started looking into it earlier because there was a tweet earlier this week from uh, someone from India. They won a gold medal, and man, when they're going when when they return to their home, the Indian government are, is giving them a job in the government. Like, just think about that. They live in a different. They live a different life than we live. Yeah. So imagine if if being in one of those countries and all of a sudden. You're you're in a you got a government job and maybe your family gets hooked up and that's what they say. Some of these people are getting repaid not only in money but winning a gold medal in their countries. It it, it makes them it put them on it puts them on a pedestal to hey we gotta we gotta help these people out. So then you start looking as far as money, literally just this monetary value. What do you get? First, I wanted to start with the U.S. A U.S. gold medalist, thirty-seven thousand five hundred. For a silver medal, twenty-two thousand five hundred, and for a bronze, fifteen thousand. Hmm. Where does that rank though? Uh, to other countries, like Australia, at the very bottom. Australia only gives you. They don't look at medals as that great. I guess achievements. Fifteen thousand for the gold, eleven thousand for the silver, seven thousand for the bronze. Oh, I thought you were going to say a six-pack of Fosters, Australian for beer, would be the bronze. Oh, you might. <laughs> Then you look at Canada. They don't really look at this. They're stepping above Australia. Just 1,000 more for the cold. 16,000. So then you say, well, who, who's the highest? Singapore will give you 737,000. $737,000 for bringing home a gold medal to Singapore. Man, that's pretty sporty. Kazakhstan, 250,000, quarter million dollars. Again, for a for a frame of reference, something thirty seven thousand five hundred for the U.S. gold medal, Kazakhstan or Malaysia two hundred and thirty six thousand. Very nice, yeah. Kazakhstan. Very nice. <laughs> Italy two hundred thirteen thousand. The Philippines two hundred thousand. Even Hungary one hundred sixty eight thousand. Just makes you wonder, right? Because it's not only U.S. being cheap though. Because you see all these smaller countries. I mean, Italy obviously holds, but Malaysia, uh, Philippines, Hungary. They're all in the 168,000 quarter million. Then it drops substantially low to someone big like Brazil. Brazil's like, nah, too many of you, only 49,000. <laughs> like, it's cool, but not that cool. And you're training for at least like four years, right? So, I mean, for a half a decade almost of training, you're going to get like 30 grand in America? Like, that's. Man, it cost me thirty grand to get this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thirty grand in the hole for for these trainings. I mean, what? Yeah, these. It's not like they have a league. Like whenever you you go to the Olympics and you play basketball, 
you're in the league. Like, you're getting paid. The Olympics, you leave, you're like, all right, I'm going to go earn my paycheck. As a swimmer, like, what's the paycheck? I know they're obviously competing all year long, and then they got sponsors, but where, what money? You don't understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what? there's not a franchise that's paying them. No. When Durant leaves there, he knows he's going to go get a paycheck. Yeah, who's like, what are you doing on Saturday night? I'm going to go watch some competitive swimming. Fencing. You know, do, do people ever say that? Like, no. Like, where do you fence for money? Yeah. <laughs> Old people. Where do you fence for your <laughs> nine to five? <laughs> you see, like, fencing underneath the freeway. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. 713-780-3776. I teased it a little bit before we got to the caller. Check this out. Something we're going to be dealing with now that it's becoming predominant that the leagues are going to be uh, having business relationships with gambling uh, companies. Let's say Caesars is hooking up with uh, the NFL or MGM is hooking up with so-and-so. MLS has got a deal on the table. Well, what's going to happen whenever you start getting players betting within their leagues, within their teams, or within the specific games. And now, I always tell you, you guys, man, be careful with your significant others because if it goes downhill, they're going to burn you. And I'm talking about one Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks, the NHL player. Well, he's going through a divorce right now. So his... Ex, soon-to-be ex-wife goes ahead and posts to her Instagram the whole story, and she posts a screenshot. First off, it's Evander telling her, good morning. As we've discussed recently, I'll be coming to see Kensington on August 8th and 9th. There will be no change in that plan. Basically, he's telling her what's going to go down to leave the key at the Richland property when you move out the next day under the mat so the realtor who's selling the property can access to show it. Also, please leave the cars to my green G-Wagon in the house and have the car parked in the garage when you leave. Thanks for your cooperation in advance, Evander Kane. That's how he's writing her. You know, that's the the lawyers telling mm-hmm. him, hey, write it like this. She comes back and she posts this. And she captions it. This is when the addiction is more important than anyone and everything. My heart goes out to anyone who has to deal with loved one's addiction to anything in any form who has put that before their own family. Please, everyone, keep praying for us because this guy is going to make my life hell so he can party around hundreds of people that want to come around me and my daughter and expose us to COVID. I wouldn't wish this pain on anyone living this nightmare. She also goes on to say uh, she tags the NHL and says, hey, how does the NHL let a compulsive gambling addict still play when he's obviously throwing games with bookies to win money? Hmm, Maybe someone needs to address this. NHL comes out and makes a statement and says investigations are rolling now. They need to see into this. Now, whenever you look into this story, it comes out that one of Andrew Kane has a gambling problem. He filed for some kind of bankruptcy where he lost $1.5 million to casinos. He also was sued by a casino for um, a $500,000 debt that uh, was outstanding. They ended up dropping the charges. I guess he settled that. There's a gambling problem here. Is there a problem that's going to come out of this that he was betting on his own games? People do that when they get desperate, right? And we talk about the key being under the mat for the realtor. He's probably having to sell the place because he doesn't have any money. You know what I mean? <laughs> like his wife is probably like, yeah, he's having to sell the place we lived in together because of his gambling debt. So this is concerning, man. You're right. We're going to see a lot more of this stuff. But to be fair, I mean, people are gonna get their bet on their gamble on they'll find a way right if, if they have a problem like they'll find a way to get those bets down whether it's through caesars or it's through a local bookie 
I was thinking, man, he should have kept this on the hush, but that was actually his wife because they're saying soon-to-be ex-wife. Okay. So, I mean, that's your wife, but when you're betting, man, if you're in this far and you're betting on game, I don't think you could tell anybody that. Like, I'm not sure who Pete Rose had told when he was doing it. Was it anyone close to him? Did he tell anyone? Uh, you know, how did this mm-hmm. – who did this guy tell? His wife? Did any of his friends know? And they were they were holding it down, just saying, hey, man, this is wrong. But, this, this, I mean, this is – this is federal. Oh, yeah. And, and he could get kicked out of the league, too. I mean, now, it's a big deal. I've seen uh, he's come out and defended himself, and he says to the uh, – basically, his lawyers say, don't come out and do anything. He says, no, I'm going to come out and defend myself. And basically, he says that she's making this up. She's fabricating this, that he's got proof that, he's, that yes, he, he does have a gambling problem, but he never once gambled on the sport of hockey, especially games that he would be involved in. I mean, that's what you're supposed to say, right? But, I mean, unless a bookie comes out and rats on him, then he might get away with this. I feel like this is something we're going to see a lot more coming forward. Just, just It's happening right now. Someone out there is betting on games right now. We see it a lot more in soccer. Yeah. We see it a lot in tennis. And it's hard to hide in tennis because it's a one-on-one sport, so everyone can directly point to, man, that was terrible on a football field. Maybe a couple missed tackles yeah. that maybe can can get swept under the rug. A fumble if you're the guy like they'll remember that. But it's like a lot of on tennis, boxing, taking a dive. Yeah, you, you can see that more clearly than like to say on an, 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 on on ice. I think it would be harder for me to tell with hockey. You know what I mean? Because obviously I don't watch it that much. But you're right. If, if it was tennis, it's just you. You can't blame it on a teammate for why you're losing. Now some mix it in with. Why does she have to throw in the kid? Because she she goes in depth about how the kid is walking around saying his name at home and he's not there and that he doesn't even FaceTime and whatnot and just a bunch of things. And, and it makes it seem, what's the purpose here? What's your objective? She's trying to make his name terrible because a divorce is coming. She's going to want custody of the kid. She's going to want to show that he's not a fit parent. You know, like all this is lining and she's going to want to get as much money as possible, but doesn't sound like there's any money to get. Sounds like he gambled it all away. Now, my question is, he signed a seven-year, $49 million contract in 2018. I'm not sure where all this money is. I'm not sure why he had to file bankruptcy. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but one thing that is known is that he lost $1.5 million in casinos over the last year. This last year, he filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy in California, and then he had, in 2019, 500000 in unpaid casino debts. So there's a problem. We talk about Deshaun, like, regardless of what happens here, if she says, hey, he's not gambling on these games or he didn't even bet on his particular games or on the sport, whatever the case is, there's a problem. He came out and defended and says, look at my stats this year. If I was throwing games, I just literally had the best year stati- uh, st- statistically of my career. What, what What's going on here? But it's like the few games that you did have bad games, and did you set yourself up? Yep. And if you're desperate... You, you might do something like you're you're betting on game to game. You're not betting on your stats for the season. You know, he could still have his best season ever and have thrown a few games. That's very possible. He didn't know when to hold him or fold him. Nope. He did not. 713-780-3776. We're going to get into this big bet that I have. I'm telling you, go ahead, pull up that my bookie screen. Go ahead and put in that passcode and let's get ready because we're going to make money. Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame you, Don. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday. We gonna sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up. It's not your birthday. You'll find me in the club. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Seems like every season, Kelvin Benjamin seems to be making waves for not the right things. Every offseason you hear that he's going to make a comeback or, or this team's looking at him. For whatever reason, well, this past week, he makes a, a few preseason waves, I guess training camp waves, because there's video of him being at practice and the, the coaching staff, coach head coach uh, Joe Just comes over and they, they basically pull him off, which at my point, when I whenever I first saw it, I thought maybe he had COVID. You've seen that happen in, sure. in the golf world. They just come and pull you out. Well, truth be told, Joe Judge got Kelvin Benjamin – off the field because he's overweight again. <laughs> weight problems that we know came into play a few years back. Slowly it's been progressing that, that that's who he is. He's got problems. We saw him argue with a few guys going back and forth about this. They caught him. They gave him fat jokes around the league. Now all of a sudden you start painting your, you start connecting the dots and you're saying, well, why did he get a chance? Well, go back to Dave, get uh, Dave, get Gettleman. From, from his times in Carolina. He's the one that got him. So then you ask yourself, why did he take a chance here? Why well, at a discount price, if you paid that much for Benjamin there and you're thinking no one in the league, you know how it is. Yep. You think, man, I, I still believe in that guy. He was a first-round pick. Yeah. yeah, he was like, he had a really good rookie season. Then the next year he tore his ACL, and I don't know, I guess he he found some some food that he liked during the injury time and it just he got lazy after that well the giants knew this and that's why they signed him as tight end kelvin benjamin not wide receiver this man is a tight end well they list him at uh like 66 two, or 65 250 so i mean i mean that's that's pretty big yeah right here 65 245 pounds. that's about tight end size right yeah i'm he he looks like Whoopi Goldberg out there, big Whoopi. <laughs> and this is what Whoopi Goldberg, a.k.a. Kelvin Benjamin, had to say. He says he's pissed. It was it was like they are trying to sabotage me to get me out of here. He's hangry. Yeah, he's hangry. I just felt like from day one, I, when I stepped on the field, once I put on those colors, he never liked me. He didn't even want me there. I don't want to bash anyone, but I just feel like Joe has it out to get me since I walked on that team. It never felt right. Then he says... To be honest, man, I felt like it was all a hoax. I feel like they didn't give me a chance. I finished conditioning. I finished all that. I did what I was supposed to do. Everybody in the building was telling me I looked great. Benjamin is actually angry, though, because Judge told him to lose 17 more pounds and play tight end at 251. That's where he wants him at, 251. He says, we're going we're gonna to find you for being 17 pounds overweight. That's what Joe Judge told him. He says, how, how are you going to do that? So you want me to be a smaller tight end than when I played wide receiver? He said, I went for 1,000 yards at, at wide receiver at 268. <laughs> That's how he's defending himself? <laughs> well, you got to look, go look at the muscle mass, the BMI. Maybe, maybe he was different on the BMI at that time. His That's Gordita true. intake. Yes, <laughs> clearly. 268? Uh, come on, man. That's, 
that is too heavy. How are you going to separate and run when you're that big? 268, don't hate. No. In 2016, he, he put down 1,000 yards. That was his only 1,000 yards. And 1,000 right? Big Macs, yeah. That was it. And he says, how do you want me to play t- tight end at 251? Make this, make this make sense. Look, I don't think it's unreasonable. And, and that's not like you're close to your target weight. It's 17 pounds. He's he, big. He, yeah, he wasn't over by he, two or three. You just lost all this weight already. You can't do 17 <laughs> more pounds. He's big. And you, you, you run for a living, and you're 17 pounds overweight. Come on, man. When he comes out and he finishes it like this, quote, unquote, I have perspective on Joe Judge. He's not a coach that can ever win a Super Bowl because he sits there and cusses all day. You can tell he's one-sided about everything. He's a know-it-all, and then that's not how it's supposed to work. We can learn from each other. We're all humans at the end of the day. The true colors will come out. Man, and if you're trying to get on with another team and you're just ripping the team that cut you, like that's not a good look. That, that's not going to make another team be like, hey, let's give Kelvin Benjamin a shot. So he can trash us in two weeks when we cut him. That's Gettleman, though, for you, man. It's like the same thing that's going on with the Lions front office and taking a shot on golf again. Mm-hmm. It's the same front office that had him in the Rams. They drafted him. They made a bad move then. It's like they gave up the farm for years yep. for the Rams to, to be able to get golf. Obviously, it was a mistake. The front office moves to, to, to the Lions, and then now they're like, hey, we can get him for cheap. Yes. And those signs with Jared Goff were, remember the the hard knocks that he did? And they were like, you know, the sun rises in the east and, and he was like, and what? (laughs) They're like, sets in the west? He's like, I've never heard that phrase before. And I was just like, what? He's your quarterback? And he's, that's a problem. He also didn't think blimps were real. He was like, I didn't know there were such thing as blimps. (laughs) I just thought they were in Grand Theft Auto. He's a, yeah, he was never going to be a sharp guy. No. You just you just knew it. You just hoped that he was going to overexceed expectations, I guess. And they took a chance on him, a big chance, and it backfired for years. And then not only that, though, but then he goes somewhere else and he's going to take him with him. You know, he's telling him, like, I know what Goff got. You're going to double down on that mistake. I mean, for both of these guys, it was him and Carson Wentz in that, that draft, right? And both of those guys have, have not quite managed to live up to expectations. Well, Thursday, September 9th, this game better live up with expectations because this owner's using the terms David and Goliath. Mm. And it's never good when your owner comes out and says, we're going to have a lot of prayer so we can get the courage to show up, Jones said. One Jerry Jones. He says, let me tell you this, world champion Tom Brady, Tampa, great atmosphere. What a better opportunity to step up there and be David versus Goliath. Big game, Cowboys, six-and-a-half-point underdogs at Tampa. What do you like there? Just stand back. Yeah, you stand know back, me. Jerry. You know me. I, I don't bet against Tom Brady. I, I will not do it. I just – he's the GOAT, and it's the opening night of the season. It is crazy that we heard this week that he played last year and won the Super Bowl with the torn MCL. And everyone knew about this. Except for – the NFL, except for the, <laughs> and the gamblers, that, yeah, and the gamblers. Basically, if you haven't heard, Tom Brady's coming out and saying that everyone should already known that it. The, the training staff knew it. Basically, he he knows how to tape his knee so well that it helped with the stability and, and keeping it where he needed to. I mean, this is crazy to think that on top of everything that we already gave him, that he did it with a torn knee. Yeah, he's the goat. This is the year. <laughs> this is the year that that the Cowboys finally beat Brady. I say they win 27-24. Go Cowboys. 
Trey's making some bold statements today. Well, it's his team. You know, I'm not surprised that he's bullish on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys will be better this year. I'm just the Bears uh, versus Jordan. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Cow, Cowboys versus Cowboys. Yeah. That's that's Trey right now. Just everything Cowboys. But that's goes to show you football is in the air. I can smell it. I can smell that charcoal you got going too because I'm only got one little segment to bug you with. We only got one more segment to get off this winter, and I'm going to take you to the Gold Cup final. Put on your uh, put on your rancheras, put on a little bit of cumbias because we're betting Mexico and I'm going to tell you how to bet them next money line. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. One more time so we can celebrate. Hopefully, you're celebrating after the Gold Cup final, and hopefully, we cash this ticket and it goes like this. I think Mexico is going to win that game. Why? Because we know that history tells you this. Uh, Coach Berhalter, he's had trouble beating that Mexican team. He's 0-6-2 since he's taken over with a minus 12 goal difference. Now, recency bias is going to tell you, man, I remember not long ago that the U.S. just beat that Mexico team 3-2. to Yeah, but it wasn't this U.S. team. This U.S. team that they brought to the Gold Cup is different. They don't have the golden child in Pulisic. They don't have a few big names. They left them at home, and there was always going to be a question with this team. We saw them struggle last uh, the last game against Qatar. Some call them Cutter. However you want to pronounce it, they struggled. They should have lost that game. A missed penalty kept them uh, to a low 1-0 victory with three minutes left in regulation time. I think that Mexico is the better team, and you have to go back to, uh, look, check this out, eight consecutive semifinal appearances for Mexico. Many said, man, they don't, they didn't look that good either. They had to get lucky and get a bunch of penalty shots to, to, to advance to get here. They always struggle in the semifinals. In the last eight times that they've gotten to the final, they only had two wins in regulation time. The other six, they had to go to either penalties or overtime. Every time, though, that they've gone to over or, or, or that they've won in regulation time in the semis. Five previous times, they've won the final in regulation time. So that goes to tell you that Mexico is going to win today, in my opinion, in regulation time. I'm going to put an extra large bet on Mexico not to lose. So, so if it draws and they go to overtime, you get your money back. That's kind of a safer bet. It costs you, it's like minus 160, minus 170. If they tie, you get your money back. If you want to be a little bit uh, risky and you say Mexico's going to win in 90 minutes, you can get plus money. And I also think that that's going to be a winner. So go ahead and take Mexico, draw no bet. Mexico wins the Gold Cup final. Ooh, I like that. What time does that kick off? Do you know? It's this evening. Let me give you an exact time, man. man. Give me one second here. So it's but, tonight. Yeah, it's it's tonight, and also, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm a U.S. fan. I have some people texting me right now, like, you're going to go against the U.S.? And I'm taking, you just step back for a second, and you and, and you ask yourself, like, 
why would you go against U.S. right here? What's changed? They only played two months ago, and it was 3-2 with U.S. at their best, absolute best. And I, I just see this as an opportunity. I got to take off my U.S. jersey for a second yep. and just watch this from a gambling perspective. It's at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. USA, Mexico, live from Las Vegas. Ooh, okay. So everybody get your bets in. Get over to my bookie. Get your bets in. Listen to Jerry there. I don't know anybody that knows soccer better than Jerry. So fire up that bet. Make some money. I did want to run a, you know run by you real quick. We, we've had some, some developments. Like the Rockets had a draft the other day. Astros added some bullpen help at the trade yeah. deadline. Uh, of all those moves, which one are you? I think for me, it's Kendall Graveman. That's the guy I'm most excited about. Did, what do you think? Uh, we know that they needed help in the bullpen. It came. It came. Uh, I know Max Scherzer was getting thrown around that name, which obviously that would have been the biggest splash. Sure. I just obviously I like the move. I just dislike that Max Scherzer ended up going to the Dodgers. Yeah, Th- that's just so. If you look at it overall from a gambling perspective, the Dodgers went from uh, plus three fifty to win the whole thing to plus two seventy five. Uh, the Blue Jays they also picked up. Um, an, a, an arm. Yep. They went. They moved about uh, from I think it was six to one to about five uh, five point two five to one. The Astros stayed exactly the same. Not meaning that they didn't get better. They just didn't get as good as other teams that were contenders did. They didn't improve as much. If that makes sense to you, and 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 I, I hate the fact that. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Graveman's in, uh, Graveman ends up being the the the, the closer. I mean, oh, you I, think so? I, yeah, I think I think he ends up taking it over. I think I think that's the guy. But it just sucks, man. That that Scherzer's. Uh, that's just that's just bad news. That look at that rotation. That's bad news. Yeah, it, the Dodgers look pretty unbeatable at this point. I'm glad they're in the National League, and uh, we're going to see them up close. Astros are about to play the Dodgers after this Giants series wraps up. So that's going to be. I think Scherzer might even be pitching against them. So it'll be fun to, to you know, to get a little preview. But I, I like the moves by the Astros. They had to upgrade that bullpen. The uh, the Miles Straw trade that that was a bit of yeah, a head scratcher. Right? But I guess they really like Jacob Myers a lot. He's been doing well and. And AAA, so they called him up. That's their new center fielder. So And McCormick, they said he deserves more time in center field, so it gives him an opportunity. And and he has hit with a lot of power this year. You know, he's been a pleasant surprise. So I, I like what the Astros did. You know, I had that ticket. We talked about it on the show. I bet the Astros to win the World Series before the season, and then I also bet them to win the AL West. I'm feeling pretty good at this point. Oh, the AOS bet is like minus 700 now. I don't know what you got it at. Obviously, it wasn't even close to that. It was at plus money because the, the A's were favored to win the division. So I, I fired on the Astros. I just I thought the Astros were better. And, I mean, they're, they're proving me right. So I, I like I like where this is headed, that's for sure. I did want to ask you guys quickly. We only have a little bit of time left. What do you think of the Jalen Green pick? I'll, I'll go to Trey. Do you, do you like the Rockets' choice that, there? Yeah, that was the the choice. They That was pretty much who they had had their mindset on. Uh, he's got good finishing ability and everything, and he, he's played against um, more experienced competition on Ignite. So, yeah, I think that was the right pick. But uh, overall... This draft class this year is probably one of the best we've seen in a while. You got Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham, Chris Burt, that dude from uh, Gonzaga, and and uh, Wagner. All those guys. A lot of good players in this in this draft this year. Let me. Uh, I want to ask Jerry this: 
Do you think the Rockets will be significantly better as far as wins this year, or do you think it's going to take a little while longer? I don't know if it correlates to direct wins. They'll be more competitive in games. I just... I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of growing pains, but that's what comes whenever you you knew that was going to come after losing a talent like James Harden. It's it's it's. I'm not going to say tear it down, but it was almost pretty much tear it down. You just you have a piece in in, in wood that you you would like to build around, but then you ask yourself how many how many NBA teams are building around big men and, and successfully winning. Now you have your Jokic of the world, but then uh, how far do they ever get? Do, are they are they are they really contenders to to win it all? Are they, they're a great regular season team. They can yeah. be, but can you really build a big around a big man right nowadays? Is is that the way to go about it? Wood has some uh, flexibility though. On, on the bright side, he's a good shooter and he can he can play the four too. The biggest point of contingency I think for the Rockets is how are they going to get out of that John Wall contract? In it occurred to me, you saw Kevin Porter Jr. said that he sees himself as a point guard. Right. And then, you know, with Jalen Green, he'd be the two guard would be, you know, how it would line up. So does that mean like John Wall is coming off the bench? You would think. For you know, that much money? You know, for that much. Exactly. And not, not that like there's a market. People are dying to to sign him. No. It, it's it's just bad news, man. They've, they dug themselves in, in a deeper hole. At the time of cleaning house, man, and not necessarily cleaning house, but but taking a step towards the future, I don't think that man getting him was the worst scenario that you could have. You just not want John Wall at at the price that he comes at and at what he gives you on a team that's trying to rebuild to something else. It's just not he doesn't. It's not like he's like I'm not going to say he's terrible character, but he's not a high character guy that you can say, man, that the, the locker room's going to learn around him. These young guys are going to gravitate towards him. He just doesn't cut me. He's the guy that's giving interviews and playing dominoes, and not even on on that live national TV playing domino, not even giving his his the respect of his undivided attention to the person interviewing him. It just doesn't seem like a guy that's going to take the extra. Uh, hey, let's stay after practice with these young guys. That's not who he is. You don't you don't see him as like a veteran leader like Chris Paul. You know, an older point guard that he made a big difference for his team this year. John Wall, you feel kind of the opposite about, right? Yeah. Plus, he said on Instagram they had a poll: Will John Wall be back? You could you could see on the poll he voted no. So <laughs> that shows you how much he wants to be here in Houston. Oh, and remember all the smack he was talking about James Harden. You know, when he left, and, it's, it's <laughs> talk, and it's just crazy. If you, does he not want to be a star? Because there's not very many. Franchises right now in the NBA that John Wall could step in and be the star, right? Yeah. Like how many? The Rockets don't have any big names other than the names that, that Christian would. John Wall would have been beloved. You know, he would have been loved forever. He would have just came in and gave that that hundred percent. You yep. know, just like man, he, 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 we over they overpaid and maybe he didn't pan out, but he at least helped the uh, young guys grow. He helped this franchise move forward. Look where you are now. He he t- he's in these polls, like what Trey just said. That's yeah. That's a spit in the face. But but months ago he was talking down on James Harden. Yeah, that's how these guys are. Is and and we've heard the trouble of him. You know, hanging out with the with the Crips or or the Bloods, whichever one it was, and he's throwing up gang signs. And it's just like, is that the guy that you want to to be teaching these these younger guys? Hey, these are the ropes of the NBA. I don't think that they would uh they'll look up to him. No, I mean. For those young guys to respect you, they they got to see you do it on the court. And he's hurt all the time. You'll see a highlight play from him on Twitter, and then he, he just falls off. He's just good for one splashy play every now and then, and then he just turns back into a regular dude. That's what we are, just one splashy play. Mm. But then when NFL comes in, when that football season comes around, yeah. when your fantasy team start drafting because it's August. 
And then when we switch the pay, when we turn the month page, it's going to be September. And then we're going to be a, a week, a little bit over a week away from NFL season. So the time is now and the time is yours to start getting your questions ready. Start getting your fantasy football uh, boards ready. Whatever you have starting next week, Josh and I are going to get into each division. Each week we're going to break it down. Every fantasy angle that you can think of. Every gambling aspect that your mind wants to jump into, we're going to do it here on Moneyline. But for us, for us now, we got to get out of here and you got to enjoy your Sundays because we take up too much of your time. Go drink that beer. Go put those ribs on the pit. That's Josh Jordan. He's the best co-host I could ever imagine. That's Trey, and that's the man. I ain't got to tell you what he is. He runs things. And me, I'm just Jerry Bone knows with an S, and I'm just trying to come back up. We love you so much. Thanks for the, uh, for the support and all the love. Peace. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now! Do it! Do it! Do it now! Hey, you got better things to do.